You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. What's up, fuckos? How's everybody? Damn, it's been a long time. Man, I think this has been the longest it's gone now since I've done a little podcast. Uh, to all my faithful uh, brethren, I apologize. I'm sorry I, I'm, I'm taking so much time in between episodes. Um, I'll try not to make it a thing, but you guys know there ain't no tournaments going on right now, right? Well, except for the state 900, the CBH state 900. I'm sure whatever state you live in, uh, there's a, you know, some sort of a 900 that's getting played up, um, or that just got shot and just got, just got done. Uh, if you're in California, I believe the winning score is, or at least the top score. Top dog. There's gonna be two top dog scores that I throw out. Um, one's gonna be the the men's freestyle, and the other is the uh, men's pro freestyle. I think there's only one point between the two. Uh, seven down, I believe, was the 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 killer for the uh, men's. <laughs> I apologize. I got all snotty here. Uh, the men's pro freestyle is my buddy Austin Watts taking it with seven down. Uh, again, the scores aren't out. All I know is the, I shouldn't say he took it. I'm pretty sure he took it, but <laughs> let's wait and see. Um, my brothers down in Southern California know the, uh, know the other half of the scores, but all I know is the central and Northern California scores right now. Uh, looks like for, uh, adult male freestyle, my buddy Elliot Lee, you guys have heard him on this show, shot a stellar eight down and, uh, Man, like it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I like I like seeing my brothers, especially. It's gonna sound racist, but my Asian brothers because I'm I'm part Asian. You couldn't tell by looking at me, but it's good to see some Asians fucking kicking some ass once in a while, instead of getting you know, uh, oh, what do they call that sucker punched on the streets by some thugs or something. <laughs> it's a horrible thing to joke about, but um, yeah, it's cool. My boy Elliot shot a damn good score, and you know he's kind of been laying dormant for a little bit. This is in the uh, the amateur class, you know Elliot. A score that's one point away from the pro score. If you listen to this, if you still happen to put this on, might be time for you to join the pro class, my man. Um, again, for those of you that aren't in California, you're probably like, "What the fuck? You know, what are you talking about?" I'm sorry, you just got to bear with me for a little bit. But those of you not in California know who Austin Watts is, I'm sure. Uh, Austin Watts threw down a killer score with the new Hoyt Stratos. Uh, dude had like less than a couple days to set it up and get it shooting for him, and he pulled it off. So that was impressive. Um, another notable score, Rudy Sandoval. You guys all heard of him. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, shot, uh, what did he shoot? Nine down? So, I mean... 
guys were throwing down scores. It's crazy. I was expecting someone from SoCal to throw down a killer score, or at least um, Central California to throw down a killer score. If you guys remember, I, I interviewed John Weaver, a guy that holds the record for uh, crushing the 900, um, and he's from Fresno. So, you know, I was expecting something like that. Uh, I haven't heard much from Southern California, so we'll see what comes out of it in the next couple days. But, damn, it's it sure is cool uh, hearing everyone throw down. I kind of wish... I went and got to shoot it, but I can already tell you, I wouldn't have shot it good. I wouldn't have shot it clo- as anywhere close to where these guys are shooting it. Um, I've been in like full hunting mode lately. Not that that's my excuse, but that's the excuse I'm going to lean on. <laughs> Is that, as you guys know, a couple years ago, or like two years ago, I w- 900 came around, I was all about it. I was like down to practice it, like let's get it going. This is, I always consider the 900 kind of like the gentle segue back into indoor because you get back onto a yellow target face, you know, or the yellow 10 ring kind of thing with the red and the blues and the what have you. So um, I always kind of considered it like the last outdoor shebanger before you get back into indoor. But for me, you know, I'm already on that indoor kick, I'm already shooting indoor rounds. you know, my season is going to be just a little different than your average competitor because I'm kind of like picking and choosing which ones I can do. And if I'm going to do them, can I at least be effective? Because, you know, I don't want to go out there and just donate money. I mean, I probably will end up donating money, but I want to make some people work for it if I'm going to be out there. So uh, I, I'm getting on the indoor game early, starting to shoot a little bit, um, working on a bow right now, working on my Altus. It's such a sick bow, dude. Uh, <laughs> calling you guys dudes. <laughs> like a <laughs> super bro. Bro archery. Anyway, uh, Scott Bomar worked this Hoyt over, and it is so goddamn smooth to draw. I can literally feel... I mean, I might have said this on the last episode. I can feel the fucking labels on my arrows going, like, on the blade, like, when I'm pulling the bow back. I can feel it. And, like, that's how smooth... Like, the bearings pretty much take out everything, uh, and you're feeling, like, that's, if you can quantify that amount of friction, which is the blade on the arrow, and and I can feel it, that tells you something. That's a good, uh, that's a good, um, man-to-bow interface right there. So, yeah, I'm pretty jazzed about that. Uh, my Altus is, is a beast of a bow. Uh, I'm enjoying it. My shoulder injury is healed, guys. Uh, for those of you that are out there that are over the age of 20, I'm going to say over the age of 28 because I think they say you start dying after the age of 28. So if you're over the age of 28, um, guys, take care of your shoulders, especially if you're shooting all the time. You know, either warm up, limber up, do some band work, do some, you know, push pull isometrics, what have you. But take care of your shoulders, man. For me, is the bow shoulder that got all beat the fuck up. So, uh, that's the aiming shoulder. Like, if you can't aim, you're you might you're playing cornhole. You know, at that point. So I was getting scared. I thought I was gonna have to resort to like rifle shoot, like you know, precision rifle is my hobby or whatever. But um, I healed. Uh, I'm feeling good right now. I'm shooting the bow at way less poundage than usual, and that's another thing, guys. If you're shooting a sixty pound bow and it's hurting you dial it down you know it's not worth getting hurt over and I'll, I'll be the first guy to tell you like all the the big events i shot that i did good at all the nationals that i shot and did good at 
if you were to check my bow poundage, it was like 51 to 53 pounds on a 60-pound bow, which I know you're not supposed to. Like, they say there's a performance. Like, you lose performance when you start dialing your limbs way out, right? Because your brace height changes. The bow's not engineered to be that way. Mike Schlosser only shoots his bow with a shit dial all the way in, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I shot great with the bow dialed out. Don't be afraid to do that, okay? It's more important that you get a good meld with your bow. You know what I mean? That no part of the bow hurts you or is uncomfortable. It's more important that you're, you know, I don't want to say the word meld again, but that you and the bow are like one, you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, yeah, the the Altus is treating me really good. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to try the Stratos. I know I talked shit about it in the beginning. It's out. It's here. It's a little different. It looks super adjustable. It's probably going to be the only target bow Hoyt releases for another half decade. So I'm going to get on it and try to learn the shit out of it. I also made a small bet with Rudy Sandoval that I could shoot one bow for, I think it was two years. (laughs) Or until the next flagship bow comes out. So I'm going to really try to figure some shit out. And it's not to say you guys out there with Matthews bows, if you you got a Matthews bow, you can still ask me for help. I'm not going to be like, no. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) I still know my way around a Matthews bow, and it's a good bow. Uh, I will never be one to like shit on a a brand of, um, you know. I'm never going to be one to shit on a, a bow brand, even though I have totally shit on um, Hoyts in the past. So, anyway, aside from that, let me see. Uh, I think I might have covered this on the last episode, but I got to just cover it again. I think I said like two episodes ago that Tate Morgan was shooter of the year. And it's not true. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I just read a uh, post and didn't do any due diligence in uh, checking it out. But basically, uh, Chris Perkins made it shooter of the year after he, you know, had a a good performance at the uh, first Dakota classic. I think Tate played second. Don't quote me on all that. Those dudes were all up there. Um, As you guys know, the only guy I really cared about uh, (laughs) was my homie, Gaius Carter. And, uh, the shooter year didn't happen for him, so when that when you know it didn't work out for him, I was like, mm, "Who cares?" <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Now, there's some there's some marketing shit right there for any uh, any industry people that are listening. Like when people's like uh, top dog, when the guy they want to see win doesn't do it, the <laughs> guys like me are just like, "Fuck it, <laughs> who gives a shit?" So. You know, I guess you could say I'm one of those, um, one of those fickle fans, I guess. So, yeah, that's, uh, I just wanted to make that correction. I know I, you guys know me. I say a lot of shit that's wrong. Uh, and, you know, plenty of queefs out there want to tell me when I'm wrong. Uh, plenty of queefs I respect as well. So, if you're one of my homie queefs, you know, keep telling me when I'm fucking up. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. Uh, I've been hunting, I've been hunting for blacktail, uh, as of late. So, you know, my, uh, on the, on the weekends, my target bow gets no love. Uh, it's all going to my hunting bow. I just realized my hunting bow weighs 10 pounds. Anyone else got a heavy ass hunting, bow? is that normal? You know, I saw a picture of Chris Perkins hiking through the, on his Instagram, there's a picture of him like walking through the forest, you know supposedly spot stalking something but he's got so much weight on his damn hunting bow i was like that thing must weigh a fuck ton 
And, you know, those are my friends that are experienced bow hunters and target archers tell me, make this bow, you know, load up as whatever weight you need to to make it accurate, you know, to be as accurate as you can. So, I got some weights on my hunting bow, but goddamn, like, hauling that shit around, that is a heavy fucking bow. Um, it's not, I'm shooting the, uh, Ventum. I'm not, you know, I'm not balling like most, so I don't have the carbon bow. Um, not, I'm not even sure if the carbon bow is lighter or not. Uh, but the Venom's heavy. At least the way mine is set up is heavy with all the weight I got on it. Um, but I do got some cool little things on it to like save, you know, save weight. I got the, uh, the landslide that clips onto the front. I got, you know, ultralight, quiver, all that jazz. Um, the interesting thing I wanted to share with you guys about hunting is kind of like a sideline side segue here. Um, I wanted to get my buddy Austin on so we could talk about it together, but uh, he's going to go hunting. He's going to go out, you know, he's out in the boonies right now. So I'll just tell you guys what I've found. So I've been bow hunting for a couple years, maybe two or three years. I'm relatively new to it. So I'm not going to pretend that I know what I'm talking about as far as teaching you guys how to hunt. As far as I'm concerned, uh, deer don't even really exist in the wild because I've never seen one. <laughs> and the few that I have have been gone so quick, I don't even know if I've been, if I'm hallucinating or not. So, um, but as far as getting your hunting bow to shoot like a champ in the past, I've run a lens. I've run the same lens that I run on a, on a target bow because I'm so comfortable with what I see my sight picture. It actually puts my nerves, you know, it puts my it just puts me at ease with what I see through a, a good lens and a clarifier. Now, I've missed out on game opportunities. For a good example, I came up on some pigs once. And um, when I drew back, the sun was 100% like glaring out my lens. So I could not see shit. And I ended up just trying to take a shot by looking around my scope and missing. Um, which is not good. I mean... I'm not proud to admit that to you guys <laughs> that I did that because I could have hit that pig and then Mike mortally wounded it, but it's a pig. It's a invasive species. You know, they're, they're not good animals. So I'll tell you guys the truth. Um, but this year I took the lens out, uh, at the request or what they call it, the behest of my friend, Austin Watts and, uh, Rudy Sandoval. They were saying, get the lens out of there. Cause that's just one more thing could go wrong. And, you know, my friend Jim and, you know, he's told me a long time ago, get rid of the lens. And I just never listened to him. So now it's gone. And I was thinking I was going to lose a ton of accuracy uh, because of it. But I tell you, dude, no joke. Uh, I'm, I'm running no lens, just a fiber. When I got the bars on and I started playing with the weights, group shrunk, right? The thing that shrunk my groups the most with a hunting bow, right, was the arrow build itself. Okay, and I'll give you guys the rundown of how I did this. So I had um, some really badass gold tip hunting arrows. And uh, like, let me see, what, what are those things? They're the red red label. Uh, I can't remember what they're called. I think that's just what they're called, red label. Um, but they're badass uh, hunting, hunting arrows. And I started with a Rage Broadhead, right? Because that's what everyone goes to. They say it flies like a field point. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. It does not fly like a field point. Um, but what you should do is... Oh, what I did... What, here's what I did. I started with a Rage. And I made my own practice points. Because as you guys know, it's really hard to come across Rage practice points these days. So I glue them shut. 
and you know glue wears out sometimes they open up in your in your target so just be careful um i put i try the four fletch stealth vein that everyone you know dudley's out over it's like dudley did it now everyone's doing it and it's supposed to be the bomb uh i didn't my groups weren't that great i thought they were cool because i was hitting the block i was able to hit my block target at 80 yards right but then my buddy austin was like that's pathetic he was like that's he's like i hope you're not sharing that like these pictures and i was like what dude they're all they're all on the block this is 80 yards that's that's gonna kill an animal and he's like dude he's like do better all right so i uh i went to a bigger vein i went to a three fletch aae hybrid it's the same vein i run on my indoor arrows that cleaned up the groups a little bit right well then i had this idea like all right let's really what, what do we know about arrows, right? Well, first you want it coming off the bow clean, so you get your paper tear as small as possible. Ideally, on a hunting bow, you could get a bullet hole. Um, and then I went through this process of clocking the bear shaft, where I shot the bear shaft uh, and saw which direction it was spinning, okay? Um, I did that. I then fletched. I got uh, FFP 360s, right? Big fan of FFP veins. Got some FFP 360s. Fletched them in the direction that they were rotating naturally. So already, I'm treating these like indoor arrows, right? And I know a hey, the man himself, Gaius Carter, doesn't do this. I do this, and I believe it, all right? I believe that I see the difference. So placebo or not, this is what I do. Um, I fletched in the direction that those arrows spun naturally. And then I selected a, a kudu broadhead and um you can pick what's so dope about kudu broadheads is you can pick their single bevel right so that means on the on a if you think of a kudu broadhead as like just your basic broadhead looks like a triangle um i didn't get the special one with like the fancy bleeders or anything i just got plain plain kudu the old school broadheads right they have a single bevel, so that means on one side of it, there's like a chamfer cut into the side. And for people that don't work in manufacturing, a chamfer is just like a chisel blade on one side. And then you flip it, and it's on the other side. So it's just which face is chiseled, right? Both sides are sharp, but you just pick which side is, is chiseled. Well, I picked left bevel because the arrow spun left. The, I, I fletched it to the left. Um, so I have all these components working towards spinning that arrow counterclockwise. Um, my man, uh, uh, Austin Kincaid, um, from high voltage bowstrings made me a set of strings that twist in the direction that, you know, cast the arrow off left. Austin's, uh, a friend of Tom Parkinson. You guys know I'm always ranting and raving about Tom Parkinson. And so Austin, Tom Parkinson and Butch Baker, all these dudes that kind of like share their secrets with each other on how to make a dope set of strings. All those guys are super knowledgeable. If you guys ever, um, have a question about bow tuning or anything like that. Austin Kincaid, Butch Baker, and Tom Parkinson are the three dudes. I mean, don't go blowing their shit up because they got lives and stuff that they want to. They want to be out having fun. But you know, if it's a down day for them, you can send them a question. And those guys got boatloads of knowledge. So Austin Kincaid made me a badass set of strings. I'll post up a video pretty soon of the install on the on the Venom because they look sick. Um, but I got all these things casting the arrow off counterclockwise, right? Uh, and all these components are kind of working together. I went and shot at 80, and it was fucking nuts. I ended up shooting at 100, right? Broadheads, no lens at 100. And I was like, holy shit, like, I could probably... I mean, it's going to sound... No, that's stupid. I'm not going to say that. But I was going to say, this is like almost target bow accurate. I was shooting groups that... I Very similar to my target bow. 
Um, so it, pretty pretty dope to to pull out with a uh, hunting rig. Granted, the shit's ten pounds, right? With all my with my stabilizer weights and whatnot, and and I legit do spot and stock uh, deer hunting. So I am walking around with this thing, and it is uh, it's a bow. It's a bow. I ain't gonna lie to you, but. There's some cool shit there, just so you guys know. I, I mean, this is probably shit that I've talked about before, or it might be old hat, maybe stuff you guys already know about, right? But it, I've found that if you want your broadheads to fly phenomenally, you just sync all this shit up and make sure nothing's fighting your arrow in the direction that it naturally wants to spin, all right? As you guys know, I've talked bad about ABB strings in the past because they're twisted reverse, right? And that means you have to fletch everything reverse, Again, that's my my opinion. There are pros that don't even bother with that crap. They just build it and go. Um, I have a set of ABBs on my Altus right now, and they fly great. I mean, shit is great. I'm shooting my indoor arrows. It is fantastic. So uh, I, I'm a happy clam. Uh, I'm going to go hunting this weekend. It's the last uh, weekend of general season for me. And then there's a, a break, and then I get to go and shoot and hunt uh, late season because I got lucky to draw a late season tag. So, yeah, uh, that's what's going down right now. Let's see what else I got. Oh, to the to all the dudes, to the to the archery unfiltered. Uh, I call you guys family. To the archery unfiltered family. To my bros, and everyone that's sending me messages about shooting a three hundred. Uh, fuck yeah, and props to you guys. Like. Um, let me see here. Let me see if I can pull up a name. I might have mentioned him in the past, but if I didn't, my friend Chris Shortall, man, dude started shooting 300s and um he credited he credited shooting the 300s listening to my show. And uh cuz I I I've said before like I appreciate donations. You know, it it helps get me off my ass to do these episodes for sure. But a love for the game is the main th- reason why I do it. And wanting to bring up all you guys that are working hard at getting good at this, trying to help you guys out, giving you good intel. That's the thing that I really like doing. All right. That's the reason why I like doing this. Um, you know, I'm kind of slowing down right now, but it's hunting season. There's, I damn near got like 90 episodes out. If you guys can't, you guys, there's plenty of information uh, that I've already published that you guys can find. It's all in here. All right. It's, I'm really going to say something now that I haven't already said. But um, someone said like, hey, you know, um, this is great information. You know, normally you want you to pay someone for this kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, you guys don't have to pay me. You know, and I was jokingly, I was like, pay me if you shoot a 300, right? Because it's, it's fucking hard to shoot a 300. Even if you have all the information, it's hard to shoot a 300. Well, Chris Short all messaged me and he was like, hey, dude, I guess I'll use some money, huh? Because bam, and he, put, he showed me a picture of his 300. And it's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then he told me, he was like, hey, I really appreciate the show. Like, you know, the things you're doing help me out. I hope you don't mind, Chris, that I just aired your name out there. I don't know if you're a private guy or not, but, um, you know, Chris obviously, know he figured it out. He's working on it now. And so, believe it or not, Chris shot a 300 before I shot a 300 this year. <laughs> so, at first, I was kind of like, mm, well, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> you know? But uh, it's a little different now. Now, it's I'm like, oh, well, dude, 
I appreciate the fact that you tell me my show helped you get there. All right. You don't owe me any money. And, you know, you probably weren't going to send me any money anybody. But, <laughs> but I want you guys to know uh, I do not take credit. I will never walk around and say you did that because of me. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the. I appreciate the props that you're throwing my way, but I said this before, I'm not shooting your bow. And, and since Chris, I've had a, two or three other people tell me, hey, man, I shot 300. I, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. I think it's from your show. You know, the information you give out on your show is really helping me. Um, and I just want to thank you guys. You guys don't owe me anything. I owe you guys a thank you because that's the kind of shit that makes me feel like, all right, this is not for nothing. You know what I mean? Like if if... if if I can just help some people. Uh, funny story. I'm going to beeline here for a second. One of the greatest shooters I ever got to shoot with, his name is Seneca Nunez. All right. And he's um, he's this badass guy from, from up north. Um, and this guy, Seneca, it was always like for at least a year, every tournament we shot, it was always coming down to like me and Seneca. And now this is before Blake Jerome existed, all right? And, you know, Mark Rubio is a beast, but, you know, if he's having a down day, we were going to get over him. So um, it was like me and Seneca were always neck and neck. Uh, and it was either like like indoor, we both shoot 450s, right, for state indoor. And then I'd get him on X count or for field, um, you know, I'd get him by maybe a point. Or he'd just make a mistake. He'd make a mistake on X, you know, and then lose it to me. Seneca told me, he was like, you are so lucky that you had a good coach. Basically, this guy this guy Emerson that I used to talk about all the time, um, who just gave me some weed. I almost thought about getting high and, and doing this episode high, but I kind of feel like you guys deserve to hear me ramble on coherently. But anyway, Seneca said, you're lucky that you had someone to cut out the bullshit for you. Because I had to find out how to shoot this good over the course of 10 years. And he goes, I followed every wrong fucking piece of advice there was. I fell into every little, you know, gimmicky bullshit thing there was out there. So he's like, I'm coming up to this now. And uh, and you were already there. You got, to, you got to cut through all this crap to get here. So that always kind of stuck with me. Seneca said that and I was like, yeah, you know what? I was pretty lucky. And... um. So I wanted to kind of pass that forward to you guys. Anyone who listens to this, I'm, I'm for real. You guys know I'm not trying to sell anything, right? Except for maybe some hats and some stickers. Uh, I'm not. I'm not pushing a product on you guys. I'm not telling you shoot X this brand over that brand. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not anodizing a release and then laser engraving uh, my name on it and then selling it to you for 400 bucks. That's not what I do. All right. All I want to do is help you guys cut the bullshit out. And so, uh, yeah, uh, for everyone that messaged me and, and said, hey, man, you know, it's getting through to me. Fuck yeah. I, I totally dig that. And I really hope you guys just keep doing it. And, you know, Chris, if you're listening to this, you sent me that that 300. I was a little threatened. I was like, well, I haven't shot a 300 yet. <laughs> what the fuck? dude <laughs> i only gotta beat this fool <laughs> and it's not about i mean it's real it's not about beating each other all right but one thing i love doing is benchmarking off of people especially someone you know so now chris gave me a benchmark here it is this is what i'm working on uh here's my 300 
you know, he said low X count, but for him, I mean, I thought his X count was just fine. <laughs> I think it was like a 23 or something like that. So, uh, I got my shit in gear and then I started, you know, I started hammering out 300 rounds. And I'll tell you guys, uh, it, it's very interesting. I went on vacation, right, to Lake Tahoe. I got sick while I was up there, came back. And then the day after, I mean, I was still sick, woke up, I shot two 300s back to back. And I was like, holy crap, where'd that come from? Uh, low X count 300s, nothing to write home about. But honestly, guys, I'm just happy to shoot 300s. I mean, you could make it to Ve- you could make it to uh, the shoot off in Vegas with a, a 0x900. Uh, I'm sure your heart rate will have been all over the fucking place. <laughs> It'd probably be the worst three days of your life shooting that score. But you could make it to the shoot off and not shoot a single X. You just got to catch them tens. So, um, yeah, I, I started getting my ass in gear. Started shooting some 300s. X count super low. Uh, I got my 600 down, and I was like, boom, cool. Now let's work on that X count. The next day, not a single, not a single 300. It was like the dude that was there. Before, it was like a whole different guy was shooting my bow. And so that told me, okay, it's time to work. This is like, you know, it ain't just going to come to you and be free. You got to work for it. There's no, uh, there's no free lunch here. And I'm sure, you know, the Blake Jerome camp and the dudes that follow Blake Jerome are no stranger to that and would tell you, yeah, no shit. Right. Um, I was kind of hoping for a little easier. I was hoping for some shot equity to play in my favor. <laughs> so those who don't, who don't know what I'm talking about, shot equity is this thing I talk about where if you've taken like 10,000 shots, you can kind of, you can kind of slack off a little bit and still shoot decent. Right. And that I, that might be wrong. But my proof for that is Henry Bass. If you guys know Henry Bass, he's like the Darton uh, sales dude, regional Darton sales guy now. Uh, Henry Bass used to be this. Oh, he still is. He still is. Don't Henry Bass is a badass shooter, right? I've made fun of him a lot in the past because he kind of looks like a trailer park drunk, you know. Uh, but he's not. He just looks like that. And maybe he's cleaned up a little bit because he's a sales rep now. But... He shoots really damn good. And he'll be the first guy to tell you, I don't practice. Like, I don't even tune my arrows. I just throw some shit. To, I don't do this and I don't do that. It just, I just am naturally this good. And that is, I will call bullshit on that. Because I think at one time, Henry pounded 10,000 arrows out of his brain. You know what I mean? I think, you know, they say on the tipping point, you do 10,000 hours worth of something, you're a pro afterwards, whether or not you like it or not. You're just a pro after doing 10,000 hours or something. So I, my theory is that, you know, I've talked about this with Rudy Sandoval. There's this thing called shot equity that we believe in, where if you put in that 10,000 shots, you're going to be, you know, with no practice, you're going to be better than the other guy who isn't practicing also, if that makes sense. So, yeah, uh, why, why, why was I getting on that? Henry Bass, shot equity. Oh, I was hoping my shot equity would come through for me and I would just start belting out 300s, right? Well, yeah, it ain't like that. <laughs> you know, 300s one day and fucking eating a big bag of dicks the next day. I'll be the first guy to tell you, <clears throat> I've been eating some dicks this indoor, <laughs> prepping for indoor. Uh, so, yeah, I got the wife's blessing to go to Vegas. Um... So I'm kind of deciding right now as to whether or not I'm going to do that. I, I think I will go 
So if any of you guys want to, you know, if you guys want to do Archer and Filtered Meetup, get together, smoke some weed or I don't know what you guys want to, you guys want to do some blow. Uh, I'll, I'll do it with you in Vegas. Let's get it going. Um, no fentanyl though. Okay. I'm not trying to die out there. Let's <laughs> just see the first guy to be like, Oh dude, you do fentanyl. That's fucking gross. And as he starts, as he's chopping up a line of cocaine in the corner, <laughs> Oh, fentanyl. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah uh wifey said i could go to vegas so that means i can train for vegas so i'm getting that shit going uh as you guys know i've told you guys my whole rundown about like oh my dad now so i get to practice and blah 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 i had my my list of excuses well you know uh if you guys listen to to meatheads like jocko willink he says discipline equals freedom right so what does discipline mean? Well, for me, it means waking up at 4 a.m., shooting for two hours before I got to go to work. Uh, I so far, I mean, I'm not I'm not at that point where I'm hitting consistent 300s, but it's working, or I feel like it's working. I'm getting these little like I'm seeing small gains here and there. All right, uh, right now my my practice schedule uh, in the course of uh, an hour and a half, I can shoot two games. Uh, sometimes just a little bit more than two games, two Vegas games. I'm shooting a five spot target. Uh, I love shooting the five spot target. I've been doing that for a long time now. Uh, I don't know if it's detrimental because of the pacing, right? But I feel like, you know, when you shoot, when you're shooting a Vegas round or maybe shooting, shooting league with your homies, uh, when you hit that third 10 in a row, there's like a sense of relief. You're like, ah, there we go. On the next one, right? Well, with I find with a five-spot target, you don't get that sense of relief until two more arrows later. So, even though you shoot three clean, the the probability of fucking up still exists quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so, I, I like doing a five-spot because of that. Again, I don't know if it's detrimental because on a Vegas face... It's three shots and then pause. Three shots and pause. So the pacing can get kind of squirrely, right? Uh, I don't know if it's bad, but it worked for me last year, and I'm banking on it to work for me again this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as this year goes, you know, I'm, I'm I plan to do the uh, I plan to do Vegas and hang out with y'all if you guys want to. I plan to do some indoor events. Um. But, you know, I tell you guys, I really love spending time with my kid, as cheesy as it sounds. So that means there is a slim chance that I miss some indoor events. Uh, as you guys, you know, you guys remember last year, I kind of documented every single indoor event I went to, what I was feeling, you know, how that tournament went down. I had a great, great season. I only got beat by Caleb Cuiocho, uh, you know, and I was planning on making this year my revenge year where I take revenge on Caleb. Um, it might not be the case. It might not be the case this year. So, Caleb, you're going to have to wait for that whooping. <laughs> don't start practicing now. Don't don't get all crazy and start practicing, all right? Not necessary. I'll get to you later. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere, so don't worry about it. 
Oh, speaking of the devil, I'm getting a phone call from Austin Watts right now. Let me take this and I'll get right back to you guys. Oh, I just got off the phone with my buddy. He's getting ready. He's going on that that big hunting trip I told you about. Not that you guys care, but uh, you guys will see. Austin Watts, he was he made it to that Redding shoot-off this year, so he's up there. And he did it in adult open freestyle. He didn't, he didn't do no bear bow or bow hunter freestyle bullshit he went for it he went for the big boys shit and went freestyle <laughs> uh, i know there's so i know i have homies that are bow hunter freestyle guys that are like mm, what <laughs> if they even still listen to this show but yeah yeah so let's see what else do i got going on here <clears throat> oh man did anyone catch that fight nate diaz fought uh what's his name el kukui uh I can't remember that dude's name. Tony Ferguson. For those of you guys that don't watch UFC, Nate Diaz, he's from California. In fact, he's very close. He lives very close to where I live. About an uh, hour and a half. An hour and a half? Maybe two hours away. And, <laughs> dude, so fucking. All right. I'll tell you guys. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to be a Californian, but I'm kind of ashamed to be a Californian. Why? Well, let's see. We got flash mob robberies, which happens everywhere, apparently, these days. What else do we have? Uh, we're going to tax the fuck out of you. Uh, that's our local government, so that's one. Uh, what else? Uh, everyone's got to drive an electronic car now. Or in, uh, in five years, no gas cars will be sold. Only electric cars. Okay. Well, then what? Uh, don't charge anything fucking today because, you know, infrastructure will f- fold on itself. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know... <laughs> makes me sad it makes me go oh you know other guys they go you're from california what do you like play grab ass and uh kiss your buddies on the mouth and it's like dude what's wrong with all that you know why are you making fun of me for it well um i gotta say nate diaz made me proud to be a californian (laughs) he he was calling everyone bitches he was like why is this fool fucking ducking me He's, he's bitching out on me you know it's like oh dude finally some dude makes Californians look cool, <laughs> or at least like a badass. I don't know about cool, because he's really lispy. What is with that? Well, how come badass fighters talk with a insane lisp, like Mike Tyson's? Like he sounds like a like a dude that taking your order in a bakery. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna do an impression. I know you guys are waiting for me to do an impression. I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> you know, but it's like, oh man, one di- one minute I'm like, damn, I live in the birthplace of woke culture, and then the next minute Nick Diaz is like, yeah, we smoke weed over here and we fuck people up, mm, and I'm like, yeah, that's right, California, we ain't all that, we ain't all that stupid. <coughs> I know it has nothing to do with uh, archery, but goddamn it, the state 900 just kicked off, and normally it's kind of like, I like to compare our state's high scores to others, and we're not the top. We're up there, but we ain't at the top. Um, in other things, okay, I wanted to share an experience with you guys that I had uh, juicing up my indoor bow, okay? Uh, I've said before that I feel like the most important part of the bow is your balance, i.e. grip pressure, i.e. back bar, stabilizer weights, so on and so forth, right? And I was, when I'm shooting, I'm looking for a trend. Am I getting some errant shots that are hitting high or are they hitting low? what have you. And I was getting these high, these errant high shots. So I was doing what I could to bias the bow weight, you know, tip it forward a little bit. Let's kick a, you know, does that mean it means kicking ounce off the back 
or lower the back bar. All I did all these things, but you only do one at a time. Don't don't go changing two things at once because then you can't tell if it did anything. All right. And then I've added an ounce to the front. Things would get better, but every so often I'd see that errant high shot. Uh, well, why why would you not suspect your arrow rest? You know. So I know you know Paige talked about it on her Instagram uh, that she runs certain bows knock high so that she gets vein clearance. You know. I've heard other guys talk about doing it because then you get blade clearance entirely from the arrow. Just kind of, you know, just kind of glides right over it. So I started dropping the blade down. Believe it or not, the errant high, you know, it wasn't a miss, but the errant high is high shots I was getting totally gone. So let that be a lesson to you guys that sometimes, you know, I'm always saying it's the bars, but it can also be, you know, the dynamics between your arrow and your blade. It can be, you know, is that your your arrow bouncing off the blade? You can vein contact. It could be any number of those things. Uh, I do intend to go back to shooting a hamski soon, <clears throat> but I just wanted to run a blade just for a little bit. You know, Bodie Turner shoots the blade. I want to try it. You know, Bodie can crush. So if that tells you anything, it's like you're not hindered by anything. The blade doesn't hinder you. All right. I like the the hamski because it's kind of like low maintenance, and I know that sounds contrary to logic because there's all those moving parts but you know i've had people touch my bow before and like bend my blade and it fucks up my point of impact and then i'm almost all over the place again so yeah uh so there is that let me see what else do i got going on uh there's an analogy that i like to use that dave cousins taught me at a uh, seminar called the rpm band and it's basically, if you're shooting a hinge, it's, or, you know, or shooting a button, the RPM band is how much juice you're giving it, your push and pull, how much juice you're giving it. And if you were to look at your the, the oomph that you're putting it in, and if you were to look at that and put that on an RPM gauge, you know, when you come in a full draw, and you're, if you're preloaded, where's that RPM, you know, where's that needle on the RPM gauge? And then when you start to execute, when you take your thumb off the peg, if you got a hinge or if you get your thumb on the barrel and you're getting ready to, to pull through a shot, where does that RPM gauge go as you're executing? This is something to be mindful for, uh, mindful of because um, I've helped friends before and I've asked them, like, where are you on this gauge? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what is your pin float doing? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know doesn't help me or you, all right? Be mindful of your pin float. I say this all the time. Remember what your pin float looks like and remember where you are on that RPM gauge. So, you know, one of the things that we're doing here when you're trying to, you know, refine your skill, you're trying to refine your shot here. When you take your thumb off the peg, when it comes time to execute and you're you're watching that RPM gauge go up in your mind and you're starting to give it more juice, right? Um, what is your pin float doing? Because it shouldn't just be nothing, all right, it's unlikely there's nothing. As you as you're starting to throttle up, you should see that pin float either move around a little bit. Is it is it consistent? Is it wild and unpredictable? Uh, those are the things that you gotta you gotta focus on, and set your bars up so that it, so that it matches that RPM that throttle that you're giving the bow. If that makes sense. When I take my thumb off the peg and I start to execute a shot, my pin float it. It's predictable, and it's the it, like from the beginning, from the second I take the, my thumb off the peg to the end of the shot, 
nothing changes in that pin float. I'm not saying the pin float doesn't move. I'm just saying it's, it's that predictable. The pin is that controlled the whole time from beginning to end. At no point do I throttle. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going like, you know what I mean? It's just bang. And, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to come up with an analogy to tell you to execute smoothly, right? And consistently. You get that down. You start hitting that consistent you know, pull through on your shot over and over again, you'll start to understand your pacing. And I, you know, as I say it, I'm kind of reminded of the Joel Turner, you know, he talks about whatever your magical word is that gets you through your shot. You know what I mean? From beginning to end. And I haven't done the program yet. All right. I know it's been months now and I still haven't fucking done it, but so I might be off, but, uh, you know, there is that kind of that word that controls your pacing. Well, you don't need the word if you're, I I don't want to disparage that program because I haven't done it. To me, you don't need the word if you have consistent pacing. If you know what your what your pacing is, you know when it's too fast, pulling too hard, or if you're trying to get away with some sloppy bullshit. All right, you'll know when that's going to happen, and you'll see it in your pin float. Your pin should your your pin float should not accept it. It'll do something weird to you, and it'll it'll say nope, denied, denied, and it'll it'll go in the direction you don't want it to go. All right, so. Uh, remember guys, like pay attention to the RPM, pay attention to your pin float. That's all you, that's stuff that you can control. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes as I'm working on this stuff to, to get it, you know, to help you guys out. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your asses or anything, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, as I get it going, I'll, I'll, I'll trickle down what I'm going through with you guys. All right. So, uh, let me see. Oh, give me one second here. My buddy, Blake Jerome is having me on as a guest for his show, uh, tonight. If you guys want to check it out, uh, Blake's show is called pursuing perfection. It's a podcast everywhere. Podcasts are found. It's about getting good at archery. Um, Blake is arguably a way better shooter than I am. All right. All every record I've, pretty much held break uh blake's broken one way or another uh so blake is about how to hit that next level that elite level right i'm kind of more like the everyman i guess right now i'm probably less than the everyman um just because i you know i i feel like a lot of if you if you're serious about shooting you could probably beat me right now <laughs> it doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about, all right? And I'll go toe to toe with most people indoor. <laughs> but um, check it out. Blake's show is called Pursuing Perfection. Uh, it, it's cool. I don't know why the fuck he's having me on it. You know, of all people, he's got like he gets Gaius Carter. He's got Paige on it. Uh, his homeboy Pistachio, Mike Pistachio, has been on it. Um, he like. Blake's get going for like top tier guys. I don't know why he asked me to be on his show tonight, but I'm going to go on and try to yuck it up and give him some funnies. All right. Uh, so let me go deal with that and then I'll close the show out with you guys. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Fuckos. All right. Uh, I just got done talking to Blake for his show, pursuing perfection. It was awesome. Uh, Blake was asking me the difference between amateurs and pros, like what I thought about it. Uh, what I've seen, you know, in my encounters. So I talked a little bit of shit. Um, you know, I hope I didn't come off like talking shit about amateurs, but I just tried to help 
clarify or define a good mindset. So you guys should go check it out. Pursuing Perfection with Blake Jerome. Uh, it's a good show. He, he's got some good in, intel. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I might have talked a little bit of shit about amateur shooters, but I think I should probably clarify that or uh, what they call it, specify that I think I'm going to be shooting in the amateur class this next year. Uh, just because, you know, I have, I have profound respect for anyone that is a pro and shoots in the pro class and the amount of work it takes to shoot that good. And uh, I just don't think I can put that work in this year. I'm just having too much fun being a dad. You know, my, my kid's just starting to talk. And it's just... I, I just can't put it into words on how happy I am and how much... How uh, how much joy I get from being a dad to a, a little kid that's just starting to talk. So, uh, not giving up on archery, not giving up on the podcast. All right, even though I may have said both of those things multiple times, uh, you know, at this point I love archery so much. It's oh okay. Let me check this out. Uh, let me tell you guys a little something. I used to be a drug addict, and I know most of you are like, "Wendell, you're a pothead now." So what are you talking about? Uh, I'm actually not much of a pothead now, even, uh, you know, since becoming a dad, I've felt the need to be on point. I would probably do cocaine if it was around just cause it would help me be on point, but I don't do cocaine because it's not a good, it's not good for you. Um, but you know, weed kind of makes me less with it and I just want to be present for everything in case I need to, you know, in case an emergency pops up that I have to be on guard. So I haven't been smoking weed much lately either. Um, but way back in the day, I used to be a drug addict <clears throat> and you're probably asking what kind of drug and it's like, well, I'll take your pick, but it's mostly amphetamines and through my addiction with amphetamines, I lost a, I lost my job and I became unemployed for, I think two years, three years, uh, all the while like abusing drugs. Um, I, I may have been an amphetamine addict for four years. I know I know, basically I, I had become an addict for like six years. It was a long time. I uh, lost a bunch of weight. Uh, you know, lost the lost the girl I was dating. I became homeless. Uh, I haven't talked about this before on the show. Um, and I was just kind of slumming it with my addict friends. And... Uh, one day I kind of realized, kind of looked around and I was like, man, we all look like junkies. And my friends were like, we are junkies, dude. This is how, this is how the story ends for us. And I was like, dog, this can't be it for me. And so I decided to make this decision to change my life. Right. I deleted my contacts with these people. And then I moved in with a friend who didn't know what I was going through. And then I detoxed for about six months, seven months. And then slowly started getting my life together, found a job, worked from the bottom, worked up to where I'm at now. And <coughs> along that journey found archery and archery is like one of the things that I don't want to say it's an anti-drug because I smoke weed from time to time, <laughs> but I've never looked back. I've never looked back, never had to go to rehab, never had to go to Narcotics Anonymous. I mean... I feel like it occupies that tweaker part of my brain. And maybe that's why I'm so much of a tweaker when it comes to archery. Um, less of a tweaker now. I'm starting to relax into my, my back nine, as they say. But, uh, it, you know, that... Our, archery's 
you guys don't have to worry about me quitting, even though I might talk about quitting all the time, because I it holds such a near and dear place to my heart as being a thing that's protected me from the dark side, you know. And now I have a baby who's shown me like there's even, at least for me, there's there's higher highs to obtain even than archery can give me. Uh, but because archery has been there for me so, so much, I, I can never, uh, leave the sport. It's been so good to me. So, uh, I will continue to do the podcast and hopefully help you guys get these blessings. Like uh, archery is truly a blessing. If I never win another tournament, the things that I've done and experienced through archery have just been absolute blessings. And I'm so fortunate to have experienced this stuff. Uh, and I hope you guys all get to experience it. It it might be different for everyone, but there's magic in this sport, and you guys are all going to experience it. If you stick with it and you keep grinding it out, you, you'll experience it if you haven't already. It's it's. I used to say, like back before I was a drug addict, I played paintball. And I used to say it's the sport of kings. I believe archery is like the sport of kings. Uh, maybe the thinking king. Maybe the, the person that ponders. I don't know. It's such a wonderful sport, and I'm glad that I can share this with you guys, and, and you guys all be a part of it. So anyway, you guys want to hear me rant and rant uh, with uh, Blake, check out um, his show, Pursuing Perfection, with Blake Jerome. Uh, you guys all know my show. It is Archer Unfiltered, where I talk a gang of shit, and you guys are like, Wendell, you haven't talked any shit this episode. All right, how about this? Paige Pierce goes to Africa and shoots something from a ground blind. It looks like it's a fucking room. Is that what Safari is now? You just shoot out of a window and kill something. Granted, the thing she killed was like the size of a, was like the size of a truck. Uh, I think my buddy said it's called an an eland, an eland. E- am I saying that right? Eland. <coughs> but I always thought safari, at least in Africa, meant like you're getting attacked by weird spiders. You are, you know, with a bunch of natives. There's flies hitting you in the face. And then you hike 10 miles in 100 degree weather. And then you shoot a, a lion. But from Paige's last video, looks like she just it looks like she just woke up in an empty room, picked up her bow, and blasted this thing that just happened to be standing outside her window. <laughs> Hunting, man. That's what it's all about. That's safari right there. Well, as much as I want to judge, I'm trying to kill a possum that lives right outside my um, my porch door, so... I guess you could say I'm going on safari too. <laughs> I got my hunting bow like all loaded up. Like when this possum shows his fucking face near my chicken coop, he's going to get a 200 grain broadhead in his fucking face. <laughs> As if I don't get possum fever. If that's a real thing, I'll, I'll be like, <gasps> anyway. Um, so uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, I don't think I taught you guys anything on this one. But it's just a reminder I'm not gone yet. Uh, just talked to Austin, my buddy. I'll be getting him on the show a little bit. We're going to talk some shit, which is always fun. Hopefully there's some info you guys can glean from that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with it, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Even though I haven't podcast in like a month, I just appreciate the support. Um, you guys keep letting me know that you enjoy the show. I'll keep belting them out. And let me know if you guys want to hear, if there's something you guys want to hear about that I'm not touching on, send me a message. You guys all know I'm easy to get a hold of. I'm not, I'm not exclusive. I'm not, I'm just a regular dude. You can find me on Instagram or, or, uh, or Facebook. 
All right. And we'll figure it out together. We'll figure out archery together. All right. All right, people. The show has been brought to you by my two, my, well, two of my three sponsors. I'll go over all three of them. All right. So I'm sponsored by carbon craft stabilizers and we'll call it the working man's stabilizer. It is as good as any stabilizer on the market. I'm going to say it's the best and it doesn't cost you the same price as the best. It's no frills, no wacky features, not like, you know, there's some stabilizer companies out there that got like a weird damper and a rod inside of it. No. High quality Japanese carbon made with an American made end caps. Um, they're assembled right here in the United States. The end caps are machined right here in the United States. Uh, I'm pretty sure the carbon's Japanese. This is why it's so hard to get. It's a special kind of carbon. It's stiff as fuck. It's damp as fuck. You can ask anybody. They're awesome. I got an extra set. If you guys ever want to try them, you can find me. You basically got to hike to the top of the mountain and uh, where I'll be at the top practicing indoor uh, at 20 yards. And if you climb to the top, of, if you ascend to the top of the mountain and you ask, what is the best stabilizer? I'll, I will not say any words to you, but I will extend my hand and my hands will be two carbon craft stabilizers. You guys can order them by calling Impact Archery in Fresno, hitting up my man Brian Webb who is the owner and purveyor of said bars. Or you can call Rudy Sandoval over at what, 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 West Coast Archery in Petaluma. And uh, it's also a sponsor. You can also go there for all your good archery stuff that you need. And uh, last but not least, DB Custom Coatings. If you guys want to get your bow Sarah coated, my friends Darren and Bet out of Napa do an amazing job. Darren is nothing short of an artist when it comes to Sarah coating bows. Uh, I just realized that most of the bows I'm picking out these days are powder coated, which makes his life a living hell. So I won't, I won't be asking him to Cerakote this stuff right away. <coughs> if you guys want Darren Cerakote's a mean bow, uh, check out DB custom coatings on Instagram. He does firearms as well, but you have to disassemble them because I think you need some kind of wacky license to take guns apart. So, uh, Darren will Cerakote anything. The dude's a machine. Uh, he does great work too. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm not going to be like, I'm back. Cause I don't know when I'm going to cut my next episode. I'll, I'll probably wait and see what you guys, uh, if you guys hit me up with some messages. Let me know what you, what you think, what you want to hear. And I'll, I'll try to make some time to cut another episode. All right. I'm getting back in the swing of things, guys. Shooting some indoor rounds, shooting my hunting bow. I'm sorry. I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys are enjoying archery too. All right. That was the episode for tonight. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, I'll be releasing another one soon, all right?